Welcome to Season 2 of the Irish Baptist College podcast. The Irish Baptist College exists to magnify Christ, advance the gospel and strengthen the church. The college is a department of the Association of Baptist Churches in Ireland. Established in 1895, the Association of Baptist Churches in Ireland is a gospel partnership of 117 autonomous local churches who have voluntarily agreed to work together. The the churches have a formal membership of 8,500 people, but represent the Baptist community of more than 20,000 on the island of Ireland. In this podcast, we will meet some of the people who lead different aspects of the association. I'm your host, Davy Ellison. I'm the Director of Training for the College, and today I'm talking with Colin Cooper. It's great to have you with us, Colin, and you're very welcome on the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah, good to be with you. Well, the first thing I want to ask you to do is introduce yourself for our listeners and give us a little bit of a picture um, of who you are. So can you introduce yourself, family, interests, your home church, role in the association? And I always press guests for uh, an interesting fact. So hopefully you have something that you can pull out of the hat um, for for that. Yeah, I suppose when I introduce myself, I always say that first and foremost, I'm a farmer. That's my background. Um, my dad was a farmer, my grandfather was a farmer, my great-grandfather was a farmer, um, the whole way back down the road. <laughs> and I, I farmed myself for up to, I was um, 30 years old. Um, so that, that's from my, my, my background. Um, my, my wife, I married my wife, um, Suzanne, 29 years ago now. Okay. Um, God bless her with, with four children. Um, and um, I suppose over those years, um, I sort of moved from farming into pastoral ministry. Um, went to Baptist College um, here at mm. um, I was well, yeah when it was about year two thousand it was okay. and then I went to Melconic Baptist after that Very and good. there for eleven years and um, more recently was in Craigavon Baptist and part time. Mm. My, my role now is um, supporting the association. Um, I think my proper title is Ministry Support Coordinator. Okay. Um, sounds very fancy, but um, <laughs> and I suppose I suppose the other aspect of my life that I, that I suppose my interest, my hobby, um, over the last many years, I, I've always run. Um, you know, so, okay. for the interesting fact about myself, um, for the last seventeen years, um, I've run with the same person, a friend of mine. We've run together every week, um, for seventeen years. Wow. Um, over those years, we've probably done. A marathon every year as well, apart from the last couple of years. Okay. And so, and I've a marathon plan now for October over in Chester. Okay. Well, that was, that was going to be one of my questions: Is it short distance running or long distance? I think we have that answered. If you do marathons, that's that's quite long distance running. I, I've I've never run a race below um below a half marathon. Wow. Um, so it's always long distance. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, interested about this move from farming to pastoring. You didn't farm sheep, did you? No, it was dairy. It was dairy. Oh, yeah, I thought yes, farming yeah. sheep might have been a natural move to being a shepherd in a church then, but yes, um, yeah. no, it was dairy. Yeah, all, all dairy farming. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, and I hesitate to ask this question, but was farming more difficult or was pastoral ministry more difficult? Because farming life is, is tough going, early mornings, late nights, a lot of hard work, but... Yeah, both have their challenges, I think. Um, <laughs> I don't know which is more difficult. I think you'll always look back at the past through rose-coloured glasses. Okay. <laughs> um, so there, there certainly were, there were dark, wet days that I don't wouldn't want to repeat, but also look back at some of the fond memories as well. For so, sure. 
Yeah. Great. Excellent. Well, obviously, um, Kate, at some point in your life, Colin, um, given that you moved from farming into pastoral ministry and you're still in Christian work, is a conversion experience of some description in your life. Um, so maybe you could just encourage us with the story of God's grace in your life and share something of uh, your conversion experience with us. Yeah, we're tremendously blessed. Um, Christian family, mum and dad um, taught us the Bible from when I was born, I guess. I don't remember mm. that way far <laughs> back. But um, yeah, that was always part of part of their, their teaching. Um God, godly, godly mum, godly dad, and um, really mm. in, encouraged us um, in church life, and particularly yeah. in understanding the gospel. Um, so that gospel was taught, you know, from as young as I can remember. Mm. It was almost ten years old um, that I, I gave my life to the Lord. It was around a time, and I suppose looking back on it now, I mean, the Holy Spirit was obviously at work, and there was. Mm. A, a was a fear of death that, that I was struggling with at the time. Okay. Mom and Dad used to say to me uh, um, regularly that you know, for the, for a Christian, um, you didn't have to fear death. Mm. Death was the beginning of eternal life, not not the end of life. Okay. And that 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 always stuck with me. So it was probably towards the start of the year. Um, as a ten year old, I think I think it was around January, February time. I remember exactly when, but yeah. I just prepared a simple prayer in our living room with mm. with, with my my mum and um, present and give my life to the Lord, and it, that was the really beginning of that 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 walk with God and yeah and just their their teaching their encouragement strengthened by then making sort of Christian friends through school uh, mm. involved in SU and CU through university etc um, involved in, in in CEF as well sort of over those years. Just the, the, the teaching and the growth um, came through that. And just that, that, that continued, I suppose, just that, that encouragement from home was, was a mm. huge, huge part of my, my Christian development. That's great. And uh, such an encouragement for uh, Christian parents trying to raise children. Um, lots of people who have interviewed have given testimony to faithful Christian parents and that's been instrumental in their coming to faith. Um, and here it is again. So that's a great encouragement to to parents listening. Obviously, the Christian life doesn't end with conversion. Um, it continues a living thing, and we continue to grow and develop. Uh, and I wonder just if you could share what the key influences in your Christian life have been, whether that's been people, um, your friend who you've gone running with <laughs> for 17 years, whether that's events that have happened, like a transition from farming to pastoral ministry, or books, or conferences, or just some things that have been key influential factors in your Christian growth? Yeah, I mean, I guess I've already mentioned, um, my parents are, are key, mm. um, and, and family, my brother and sister as well. Um, I have a twin brother who I'm very close to, and we've okay. been tr- tremendous sort of encouragement, even mm. um, in every aspect of life, but particularly my Christian walk as well. So, I mean, certainly family are, uh, are key um, to growth, um, and, and, and my wife too, as well, you know, mm. at her school. And she's a big part of, of that, that development, that growth, and even just going into to full-time ministry. Yeah. She was part of that journey, and obviously as well with me. Mm. Um, I think too, um, I, I, I was saved, and um, and that time was going to Presbyterian Church in Ballygally, and the Reverend 
um, Conky was the minister there at the time, and, and he had a huge influence on me and took through my okay. teenage years. Brilliant. Um, I, I, I still remember some of his sermons today, um, <laughs> which is ironic because I can't remember my own sermon. <laughs> um, but I can still remember some of his sermons. So he had a huge wow. impact um, on me as, as a, I suppose, going through, say, those, those teenage years. Um, CEF too, yeah, I mentioned CEF earlier as well. I mean, just being involved in CEF, going to CEF camps, you know, t- and then from a leader in a CEF camp mm. was, was very sort of influential as well. Um, I, I think probably broader than that, um, there are probably two authors that I've probably lent very heavily on over the years. Okay. Um, one being John Piper, the other being Jerry Bridges. Mm. And th- th- those two guys who have obviously never met, but um, they, they have probably played a huge part in my um, my Christian growth and, and even just in the formulation of um, even just understanding how, how theology impacts me practically yeah. in my walk with God yeah. and just applying the, the, the truth of the word of God to um, everyday life and then also to ministry as well. Mm. Can I push you for a, a, a book from each of those authors? I think those authors are probably quite well known, but yes. is there is there one book from each that yeah. really stands out for you? Well, probably um, Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper was, was okay. one pivotal yeah. book in, um, back in, um, many years ago. Um, yeah. Jerry Bridges, um, there's a number of books there, but um, probably the, the Pursuit of um, Holiness or Godliness, which one was it? Um, so it was the practice of godliness and pursuit of holiness are the okay, two books. Yeah. If I got the titles right, it could be the wrong way. No, around, I think that sounds right to me. Um, so those, those two books again, um, they're, they're books I, I, I recommend regularly to people. Okay, um, great. For the young Christians, um, I, I find those two books very really helpful um, over the years yeah. as well. Anything I've picked up by Jerry, like John Piper, but anything I've picked up by Jerry Bridges has always been very helpful and very practical and. And he's relatively easy to read as well, you know. Good, good writer. It's very clear. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, excellent. Uh, this is maybe a more complicated question. Um, your ministry support coordinator is your official title, I think, but uh, that really includes a lot of different roles there. So, so maybe you could outline your role in the association and maybe just the different aspects to that that you can have responsibility for yeah it, it's, it's, it's quite a varied role um and which is it's great in one sense it means no week's ever the same but um <laughs> in, in general terms um it involves supporting um, pastors come alongside pastors um, mm. and that that ranges from um maybe just a, a chat over over coffee just getting to know them to um being a sounding board maybe f- for them at times just, just a listening ear yeah to um maybe helping them through some personal or ministry struggles that they're going through um right on through to some sometimes pastoral care um, mm. for them and on through to the next, the next stage to a, a counseling role where it's pure, okay. purely a counseling role we need to work through some yeah. things so there's a whole ra- range of stuff in around that um mm. and i say that that's mainly in towards pastors, but also alongside that too, their, their wives and their families as well. Mm. I've worked with, with, with a number of pastors' wives over um, the, the past um, year or two as well. Very good. Um, alongside that then, the other aspect of my role is supporting churches. Mm-hmm. Um, it's come alongside churches. Um, a number of different areas. Um, one of the big areas is this whole area of evangelism. Mm. Uh, meeting with, with church leaders, um, elders, deacons, pastors, to maybe just discuss... Um, 
even their approach in their community, how they reach yeah. out. Um, sometimes to provide seminars, I've been around quite a number of churches, provided a series of seminars on evangelism and mm. um, how church members reach out. The, the main aim of those seminars is that, um, I say it over and over again to them, you know, for a church to be evangelistic, every member should be inver- involved in evangelism according to their gifts mm. and their abilities. And that, that, that last bit is key, it's according key. to gifts and yeah. abilities. So it looks different yeah. for different people um, in different places as mm. well. And so there's a lot of area of evangelism work that I'm involved in as well. Mm. Um, and then alongside that too, within churches, there'd be pastors who, who would contact me. Maybe they're, they've somebody they're working with in the church from a pastoral situation that are, are struggling and... They need some advice, so sometimes a phone call just to give a bit of advice, yeah. maybe about a, a marriage issue or about a um, area of, of mental health. Mm. Um, sometimes they're ringing and say, "Look, any chance that I could see somebody for a while?" Yeah. So that I, w- I would, if I'm able to, um, take take them on and spend a bit of time with them weekly to just work through um, some of the the, the struggles um, from a counselling perspective with mm. a church member. Um, I've gone to churches as well to do sort of not just seminars on, on evangelism, but also seminars on mental health. Um, the one recently there on um, helping people um, who are bereaved, um, mm. just of grief and, and, and loss um, within a church context um, and other mental health issues as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's quite a, a wide... There's it's quite, quite a lot of, going on. <laughs> it's hard to what, what I do sometimes, but yeah. it's, it's, quite, it's quite a wide remit. Um, no, that's great. And uh, yeah, lots of variety there. Um, let me just uh, endorse the evangelism training that, that Colin offers. We've we've had you in Antrim Baptist uh, to share, especially with the men on that. And uh, some of the men still talk about that and reflect on what we learned there. So I, I would encourage any listeners thinking about that, definitely get in touch. And Colin obviously teaches some of that for us here at the college as well, which is um, of great benefit. But lots of your work does revolve around counselling and um, this is not something you've learned to do because of the role. I think you've been brought into the role because you've had this interest and this passion for counselling previously. Um, so I just wondered if you could maybe share wh- why you're interested in counselling. You know, why why is this something you've pursued and have a passion for? Yeah, it's probably something to come out... Um through some of this, my own experiences as well, some of my own loss in, in my own family as well. So that, okay, I, think, yeah. I think that's probably part of it always. That's that's part of, of mm. the, the, that direction towards that. Um, but also alongside that too. I mean, it's just kind of a huge privilege to come alongside people who are who are struggling. Mm. Um, sit down with them regularly, um, and just you know, just week after week to meet with somebody, support them through um, whatever they're going through that time and and bring them through to some kind of recovery in that. Um, I, I think alongside that, that as well, I mean, I've always been fascinated by how the mind works. Okay. Um, and and so, so psychology, and yeah. there's, a, there's something that draws me into trying to understand people. Okay. And, um, and, and there's, there's, yeah, there's probably so many things that sort of come together um, in that. And... I suppose my, my goal always with, with counselling is to be support and encourage people so they get um, to a place where they can enjoy life, um, they can enjoy their family, and mm. ultimately, most of all, they, they can enjoy God. Yeah. And, that's, and that, that's 
always the goal and, and to see somebody go from a really difficult place um, to where they're able to say that mm. as I said I mean, it's just a tremendous privilege to be part of that journey for them mm, that's great excellent um, I suppose connected to this idea of counselling uh, and I think I've seen a little bit with students I've supervised and marked a few dissertations recently on the area of counselling and one of the big discussions I think in counselling is the distinction between secular counselling, Christian counselling, biblical counselling. Um, as Christians, do we counsel only from scripture or do we make use of secular methodologies and insights? And um, how do we blend all of these different counselling techniques, taking all the good and leaving all the bad? And um, look, it's a huge area. We could talk for hours on this, but I just wondered, Colin, if you could give us some of your reflections on that and maybe offer a few kind of guiding principles maybe on how to assess whether a particular way of counselling or theory of counselling is helpful uh, and beneficial for individuals yeah it's something I've never really struggled with to be honest um, okay. and I, I suppose I, as I reflected on, on that why I haven't struggled with it I, I think it comes down to the fact that my was primarily training you know, through the, the Baptist College has been mm-hmm. theology and, and, and the Bible and obviously over the years just you know, um, reading the Bible studying it for myself just just growing in understanding of, of the word of God so yeah everything I look at is through the lens of the Bible mm. um, so when I, I read anything that, that's my lens yeah um, so I see everything through the Bible um, and so that, that I think it, it, it helps to protect um, from, from going down an angle or down mm. a road that, that maybe is taking you away from scripture. Okay, um, so if you, if that's you, helpful. If you're bringing everything back to, to scripture every single time, um, it means that you can make use of some of the, the good stuff that's out there. Yeah. Some, some of the, the, um, the, the research that's done, um, some of the, um, the material that was written, um, some of the, the techniques. Um, I mean, there's so much sort of research into, you know, how, how people think how the mind works um you know um how, how to communicate well you know how, how to listen well um just get giving people space to, to talk um mm. there's, there's a lot of sort of psychology um counseling techniques in around that they're going to, into all the details yeah that, that are really really helpful and, and um we take on board we, we use we make use of them mm. um and, and people benefit from them and, and we benefit from them themselves I suppose one, one of the areas of, of counselling that I use quite a bit um, is the, the CBT the cognitive behaviour therapy okay. um, and I've done quite a bit of training in, in that area and I suppose I'm drawn to the CBT really because the, the base of CBT very very briefly is that um, if anybody has a a, a thought that causes negative emotions or causes them to struggle um, you want to challenge the thought so mm. always move my negative thought to a, a factual thought okay everybody says think positively yeah and i kind of them i will never tell anybody to think positively i tell them to think factually okay and for me that fits in very well with the idea of renewing your mind mm. in the bible you know so we're moving from negative thoughts to truth thoughts um, yeah so some of those truth thoughts or those factual thoughts can be very practical things mm-hmm some of them can be biblical things, um, biblical statements, biblical truths. You know, so you know, for example, somebody's wearing is struggling with with worthlessness. 
what did you say? Worthlessness. Um, <laughs> and um, so we can bring biblical truth there. You know, from from that negative thought to your identity is in Christ. You're an image mm. bearer of God. This is who you're created in the image of God. This is who you are. So you're yeah. just putting truth in there, and you're you're challenging your thought with truth. You're challenging your thought with facts. So I I, I find that 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 for, for me that I, I can work within that that mm. framework um, as a Christian. Um, very easily. Um, I think. I think the, the other thing too is interesting. Um, and I was thinking about just about Elijah the other day. Elijah in, in, in First Kings nineteen, when he um, is, is in the cave, he's he just had a, 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 a this tremendous experience um, where um, you know the, the prophets of Baal, where, where he's seen God at work, and he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's and then he comes and he's he's despondent um, and he, he's down. And he's 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 giving up on, on on ministry and giving up on life, and um, I think I think in that situation um, there's a burnout going on there. I'm not sure it's depression. I think it's more burnout he has okay. um, in that situation. But the interesting thing that God does for him is He says, "Here's some food. Hmm. Have have a have a sleep. Have a rest. Um, you know, and He cares for the for the the, the physical." Um, and just that, that link between the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical. Yeah. Um, and and I, and I see that in, in the in the counselling room. You know, I, I want to care for somebody emotionally, physically, and and spiritually. Mm. And sometimes within counselling, I'm saying, let me tell you how to rest. Mm. You, what do you, you know? You haven't got a spiritual problem here. Let's burn out. You know, or you know, let, let me let me talk through your anxiety here. Hmm. Again, this is not a spiritual problem. This this is an emotional problem. Let's hmm. talk about that. Now, all of that obviously feeds into the spiritual. Yeah, feeds into the into the, the emotional, feeds into the physical. All all, all are linked. Hmm. Um, and um, so, uh, able to draw what the best parts of um, secular counselling, make use of it through the lens of scripture. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, has I say, enables me to. Um, I suppose just encourage people spiritually as well as Hmm. um, emotionally um, as I work with them. And in one sense, that's so simple and straightforward an answer because we should be experiencing everything through the lens of Mm. scripture, you know, whether it's how we counsel or whether it's how we live at home or go to work or it's always through through scripture. So that's that's enlightening. And uh, particularly like that idea of not, not forcing people to think positively but factually um i think that was really helpful thank you um i I think uh this is um our our last question so we're going to end with some help and tips um i I think one of the things that's happened with the rise of professional counseling is that sometimes in the church we're very hesitant to be seen to be counseling in whatever capacity that is and if someone comes with a problem we're very quick to say oh you need to go see someone about that um but scripture calls us as christians to love one another to care for one another to bear one another's burdens and and surely to some extent that's kind of if you want to call it a a low level counseling um so how, how can Christians best help those who confide in them so if you sit down in church on sunday morning and someone's well, socially distanced, the lobby sitting right beside you, about a meter across from you, and they share some difficulty that's went on the past week. Um, how how best can a Christian help them 
Is it to pass them on to someone else or is it to offer some kind of help there in the moment? Or what, what advice do you have for us as we try to think about counseling or helping others in a kind of very everyday manner? Yeah, I, I only feel that if somebody comes to me or to somebody else and, and starts to open up about what they're struggling with, that you're the best one to help them in that mm. moment. Um, because they, they've obviously... They've, they've seen something in you or they, they feel comfortable with you to share. Okay. Um, so they've, in one sense, they've, they've, they've picked you out or they've seen something that, that feel that they can tell you stuff. Mm. So you're the best one that moment to sit with them, to listen to them. Um, my, my advice is, is, is listen. Um, I have a, a good friend, he's a, a psychologist and he used to always say that the best form of counselling is a cup of tea and a listening ear. Mm. Um, just sit down and, and listen. Um, I, I think what I'd, I'd sort of add to that as well is that we don't have to answer people's questions. Um, mm. You know, we, we don't have to find solutions to people's problems. Um, That's often the concern, isn't it? You feel like you can't mm. answer. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, in fact, sometimes by, by giving answers to people's questions or trying to fix people, which we cannot do, mm. um, but by trying to do that, people basically walk away and think, um, you're not listening to me. Mm. and you don't understand what I'm saying um, because you, we, we very quickly jump to think how do I answer this Yeah. whereas we're, we're better just sitting and, and with them and allowing them to talk so many people just need to ask questions um, and somebody to, to listen to them and mm. allow them to ask more questions uh, and just to rethink and you see it most often actually particularly after a loss people okay. have lots of questions they want they, they, they ask they ask you know why did this happen how did this happen to me how, you know they ask all these questions um they don't want answers. Hmm. And actually, you haven't got the answer anyway. And once you try to answer them, <laughs> you, you actually, you actually, um, they actually walk away from you. Hmm. So just, just be there uh, and listen um, to them. Um, what I say as well, though, is know your limitations. Um, hmm. Know, know what, what you, can, you can deal with, what you can help with. Um, notice if there's anything that, that you, you feel that they maybe need a bit extra help. Yeah. For, for most people, just I mean, having a friend beside them, having their family around them, ha- having those that, that church support. Mm. Ch- church is a tremendous support community. Um, and we, we, I think we underestimate it sometimes. Uh, Definitely. People that are helped through it. Um, and that's for most people, that's all they need. It, it's yeah. that group of people around them. Um, now that there are there are some situations where you need a bit of extra support and extra help. Um, and certainly that there's counselling um, available mm. and, and useful and for that. So it's just it's just knowing your, in your own mind, okay, I, I can be there for them. Um, but if I notice, okay, right, that they they're they're really struggling with high anxiety or um, some maybe some other issue going on that they, they could do a little bit extra support. Yeah, maybe professional help. Um, you refer them on. But what I say, if you if you do get them that extra help, um, I actually encourage the person to take them out for coffee two weeks later um, and keep the contact mm. with them. So they, they come in, they come alongside as a friend, as a listening ear, yeah. um, a, alongside somebody maybe giving all, all the professional help. If you can, if we can get um, a, the number of people around somebody who's struggling, mm. you know, so you, you know somebody in, in a situation who, who's struggling, um, there's a friend beside them, there's, there's maybe a family member, there's maybe a GP who's involved in their life in some way, there's maybe a counsellor mm. who's involved, there's, there's a pastor involved. So you're talking five, six people, all provide a very different type of. Um, yeah. support and help but all of them are vital um, mm. and with, with that 
recovery and um, is is much quicker. Great. Well, I really appreciate your time um, today, Colin, and really grateful for your wisdom and insight on uh, these tricky uh, and difficult subjects. And if there's our students, hopefully will be listening to the Irish Baptist College podcast, but hopefully some of our pastors and leaders in our churches. And if, if you want to speak to Colin about any of these issues, uh, I'm sure he'd be more than happy um, to make contact with you and um, just to chat through some of these things. So thank you for your time today. Uh, thank you for listening to the Irish Baptist College podcast. To find out more about the Association of Baptist Churches in Ireland, visit baptistsinireland.org, where you'll find links to all of the department websites, including one to the college. You can also take this opportunity to highlight the college's latest initiative, Gospel Guardians. Supporting theological education is one of the most strategic actions one can take in securing the long-term health of the church. If the college is to continue producing pastors, missionaries, evangelists, women's workers, youth and children's workers, counsellors, we need your help. Uh, you can find more information on becoming a gospel guardian in the show notes. Until next time.